Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My goal writing music was always, I want someone else who feels like me to hear someone else say that they feel like me so I don't feel so alone. I want to be able to deliver a sound that's honest but has a story to tell. I've never ever felt remorse for spending lots of money on making music because that's going to be forever. If I'm not happy playing to the people that love what we do now, it's not going to make a difference if there's 10,000 people listening to what we're doing versus 100. Music's great. (laughs) Everyone loves music. Hey everybody, what's up, what's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David. I'll be your host and lovely guide. Sweet Petunia is just the right amount of sweet, spice, and everything nice. I had a chance to sit down with Maraid and Maddie of this fantastic duo to talk about how they gained success straight out the gate, as well as their return to music in almost two years. Maraid and Maddie, you guys, the two of you are Sweet Petunia, a folk duo from the Boston area where y'all originated, I assume. And I kind of want to know actually how you two got your start and was there a specific reason why you decided to pursue folk music. Also, I want to know your preferred pronouns. Mine are he, him, his. Well, my pronouns are she, her. My pronouns (laughs) are they, them. Mm -hmm. We started at Berkeley. We met in a ensemble taught by Greg List from Crooked Still. And we like didn't really talk to each other at first. And then we were supposed to sing like with this other guy in the ensemble and he's we were like gonna meet up to rehearse and he stood us up and so Marie and I were like we were like just chilling for like an hour yeah we just chilled on the stairs and like talked about music and stuff we had in common and then we realized that we had a lot in common and that we basically wanted to do the exact same thing (laughs) yeah so we were like well what if we just like made a band yeah (laughs) And um, so we like played music together a couple of times and really like we were like, this is like, this sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then we decided to become a real band. Yeah. And here we are. Mm-hmm. What were some yeah. of those similarities that y'all mentioned? Was it like music taste, like kind of direction that you wanted to go with a music career? It was kind like of everything. Of yeah. Um, <laughs> we were both, we both really liked the head and the heart in high school. Yeah. Um. So we talked, I remember talking about the head and the heart a lot 
and Maddie had this super cool jacket that was covered in pins yeah. and <laughs> Um, So I spent a lot of time like being like, oh, that one's really cool. I like it because of this reason. <laughs> And like we we both had just like wanted to be in like a like a queer folk duo, duo. with like a lot of harmony. Yeah, and... like super harmony driven and lyric based and with banjo and guitar and Yeah. So it really just like worked. It was out. just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it was kind of a chance of fate that that guy just didn't show up and then you two yeah. just ended up having your own thing. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was great because the song we were supposed to be rehearsing with him not very Yeah, good. it was his <laughs> song and he was like, I want three part harmony on it, but it was like impossible to sing. It was like so awful. And then he stood us up and we were like, thank, thank God. God. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like it was kind of the defining moment or the start of Sweet Petunia. Yeah, yeah. That was like the that was like the moment where we were like, we should like maybe try it out. Yeah. And then we like got together a couple times and just like sang through some stuff and like played each other some songs. And then we didn't really start like really being Sweet Petunia until like that summer. summer so it was like july of 2018 mm-hmm. when we like really we like started our instagram yeah and like had our first show yeah at the er yeah <laughs> what about the name where'd you get the name sweet petunia from it's something that my great grandfather would call his grandchildren Aww. and my mom suggested it to me as the name of a band in like eighth grade and i was like that's pretty sick so I wrote a song about it afterwards and kept the song in the name until I met Maddie and she was into it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was perfect. Then I, I didn't have to do any work. Yeah. To try and come up with a name. <laughs> we already had a name, which is right. like a part. It's definitely the hardest part sometimes. Right. Yeah. Because it goes into your identity. And obviously, like you said, making that Instagram was probably a big moment. At least you yeah. had the name. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> exactly. And talking about your music specifically, I was listening to your projects that you've put out thus far. And also from what you mentioned in your bio that I saw is you kind of boast this very like unique sound and you mentioned it too with like your vocal, like your vocals and harmonizing and things like that. And I was just, I was really impressed with just your singing in general and your style. And would you say that, and this kind of goes into what you said in your bio, would you say that's why you feel like you can mesmerize your audience and silence a room as I'm reading it word for word. Yeah. yeah, our voices go like really well together. And I think like a lot of people will be like, wow, I can't believe you guys aren't related. Yeah, we know sometimes that we're like distant, distant cousins. Yeah. Okay. Blood harmony. Yeah. Um, and I think like people hear it and they're like, wow. Yeah. It's just like a little different than some music yeah that's like popular because it's two voices that are like equally important Important. yeah to the song yeah and like in a lot of like traditional folk scenes we stand out because we're like punker yeah we are we're like we're a little we're a little punk sometimes like Mm -hmm. we're like punker than (laughs) traditional folk music but also then if we're on a bill with like all punk, punk bands, bands then we also stand out because people are like what is happening is right now <laughs> like, yeah. so it, it's like I think a lot of times people like don't really know what to do with us and then 
we, we end up in weird situations. And then we play show and people are like, yo, what? that's awesome. Yeah. So well, how would you guys describe your sound? Like you just mentioned, obviously, folk and a little bit of punk. Would you say that kind of <laughs> hits the nail on the head? I don't know. I think folk punk specifically is like a different a different thing. genre. For like sure. definitely would not call ourselves folk punk, but I think I don't know. It's hard to say. Your alternative. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I kind of like cringe every time I hear that, I but know. it's so true. Like your alternative. I've actually uh, never heard that term before. <laughs> it's like a TikTok thing. <laughs> okay, I see. People on TikTok, I think, love that. But yeah, I don't know. We're, like, we say we're like acoustic music mm-hmm. because it's just like the easiest thing to say. Yeah. And then if you hear us, you're like, well, it's a little different, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard mm-hmm. to describe. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, I was curious to see what you guys would say about that. And it's hard to describe your own sound to somebody else, you know, because it's like you guys kind of sound like you do a bunch of different things and yeah. being very unique. And I have to give you credit for the song tiny boxes because that was the song that made me think of that question because i think there's just a part in it where it sounds like you two are on the verge of like screaming or yeah. something and i was i like literally went like whoa yeah like that's really cool so kudos to you guys like i think you got a really cool thing going especially with that thank you so talking a little bit more about your music and the projects that you've put out so you had your first, I guess we could say like project, it was like a three single thing called Move Along, which you put out in 2019. And then you put out your first EP also called Sweet Petunia in 2019. So what was that time frame from putting out those two projects? Did you put them out kind of close to each other? Or was there, you know, like a few months in between that you kind of spaced it out? The first EP came out in... Like, on Bandcamp in December. Yeah. And then on Spotify, Spotify in January. Mm-hmm. So it was like a little longer. Yeah, it felt like longer, but I guess it was pretty close together. Was, we Yeah, we recorded that in like one semester. We recorded Move Along in like one semester at Berkeley. And the first EP we recorded in like three days or something. Yeah. Like, wow. literally. But I think you can, like, you can tell, like... We just really wanted to put something out and we were like, we need to just like have music out because we were like trying to book shows and stuff and we needed, yeah, we just needed to put out music. Mm -hmm. We've definitely like grown a lot as artists and musicians uh, since we put those out and we're working on another EP right now. That's actually why I'm here in Boston. Right. Um, Yeah. And we're like really taking our time with that, with this one particularly because even with the second release it was like closer to what I think we want but it was still not like exactly what we want and I think we have like a better idea now of what it is that we really want yeah it sound like so the one that we're working on now is like really exciting <laughs> but mm-hmm. would you say that because you mentioned finding what you want with your sound is that is that kind of what's motivating you to put out the second EP that you just mentioned well, I think we just like want to put out stuff anyways, just because like we haven't in a couple yeah. of years mm-hmm. for like so many reasons, obviously like COVID being one of them. So we like, we really want to put something else out and we're really proud of all the stuff on this album. Mm-hmm. We want like people to hear it. And so mm-hmm. that's, I think, mostly it. Yeah. <laughs> Plus it's just fun to record. Yeah. Oh true. yeah, <laughs> totally. 
<laughs> do you guys prefer doing like shorter projects like EPs or do you ever see yourselves putting out a longer project like an album? Our plan actually after we finish recording this EP is to start recording pretty immediately a full length album. Yeah. Cool. We've just been doing EPs because of like time constraints mostly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned too, you're in Portland, Maine. So yeah. <laughs> that also creates a little bit of a challenge right there. Yeah, yeah. I work during the week and then come down like every other weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least we know you're dedicated. That's the important yeah. <laughs> Working for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also seems like you've done a number of live gigs this year. I noticed from, you know, just low-key stalking your Instagram and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that been like getting out and playing some shows? Has it been exciting for you guys? Oh, absolutely. So fun. <laughs> we, so yeah. nice. we just played like our first like actual show back like two weekends ago yeah and it was incredible <laughs> it was a really good time yeah it was so fun we played at looney tunes Olsen with kiko and grace, grace kiverts both of which we've like played with in the past and like we love both of them so much yeah. and so it was just like the perfect gig bag it was and like all friends yeah um yeah it was so nice we've missed performing so much I feel like Tinkerbell, if I don't get applause, I will die. Um, So (laughs) definitely, definitely really nice to be back. And I noticed something else that you, I'm not sure if honored is the right word, but obviously if you were, we're going to take it because you guys are awesome. But I saw that you were mentioned or honored at the American Roots Music Program at Berkeley. Oh, yeah. We, We were like in it. Yeah, oh, the, president, the president like the mentioned president us. was like just talking about like his fave American roots bands and mentioned us, which is yeah, cool. which is cool. Just yeah. because we were among some like pretty pretty good company like yeah. Rashad Eggleston. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Gillian Gillian Welsh and Damn Tall Molly Tuttle. Sierra Hall. Sierra Hall. Just like lots of like lots cool of really cool people. <laughs> and so it was cool to be like mentioned along all of those people because mm-hmm. we were like, wow. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. What kind of connection do you have to that program? And I assume it was pretty important when you were to go at Berkeley. Yeah. yeah. So we met through the American Roots program and we got to do a bunch of really cool festivals mm-hmm. because of the American Roots program. We got to do Joe Val. Uh, gray fox and, and fresh, grass. fresh grass yeah all of which were just amazing times and i was able to take banjo lessons lots of ensembles yeah pretty sick you did a little more with the roots program than me yeah i was in like i took a lot of lessons and i like was in basically every ensemble that i could take <laughs> as a vocalist and also as a banjo player and yeah it's really dope it's just mm. a really cool program yeah sure. so what instruments do y'all know how to play um we both play guitar and banjo yeah and we both sing (laughs) (laughs) you're like that's it (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome though and it seemed like just with some of those gigs that you mentioned through the music program it was all like within 2019 too from what I saw so was that just like because you obviously had just put out the EP and your other music and then you're doing all these shows like that must have been 
you know, freaking awesome. It like, was you could, like, do all this stuff. Great year for Sweet Potato. Yeah. We played, what, like, we over played, 60 shows? Yeah, we played, like, 80 shows. Wow. Yeah, 20, like, 80 live 2019. And we, yeah, we put out, I guess technically <laughs> we, like, put out both EPs. We played three Everywhere. festivals. We played in Virginia. Yeah. <clears throat> we played in, in Maine. Maine. We played in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Boston. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was actually such a crazy that year. That was a great year. And then the pandemic happened and it all just stopped. Yeah. And it felt like a big slap in the face. Yeah. yeah. But we're working on some stuff that is exciting. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. going to get us back in like the swing of things. So. Totally. You have a highlight from that year? It's obviously a lot, but anything like really stand out to you too? Playing on the Bank of New Hampshire stage was pretty cool. Yeah, we opened for Cat Right. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. That's like basically the biggest stage in my hometown. Mm-hmm. So we got asked to open it, and it was really that was really sick. Yeah, we had we had like a green room and everything, and like yeah, <laughs> that, that was pretty it was crazy. Very fancy. Um, I um, also really loved playing at Fresh Grass. I was also gonna say Fresh Grass because there was like so much amazing music at fresh mm-hmm. grass when we went and we got to like it, there was like a ton of our friends there like yeah the program and we just like hung out and listened to music and played music and and gray fox too gray fox was also really i like i like bumping elbows of billy strings in the yeah. in the back tent <laughs> yeah <laughs> made me feel cool <laughs> yeah what so, kind of impact do you hope to leave through your live performances like what do you hope your audience like walks away with and says wow I just felt you know this or they just did that for me oh if I make someone cry it's a good night <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we love it. people cry we love it that's our favorite thing if you come up to us after a show and you say you guys made me cry so hard like that's, that's so awesome that's like perfect <laughs> um I think like we definitely like one of our biggest motivators in music is like being able to provide a space for people that otherwise haven't found that space, mm-hmm. whether it's like because they are trans or because they like um, are queer or like whatever any marginalized any marginalized person. person. Like we really want to be able to like provide that in a scene where sometimes it can be really dominated by like cis white men. Yeah, I think like if some like little kid sees us and they're like wow I can be a musician because like these people are musicians and like if they can do it I can do it like that is pretty powerful that's sort of what I what I want yeah <laughs> on a more on a more serious note I also do like making people cry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well on that note too about talking about inclusivity and being open about you know those types of themes I was curious to ask you and feel free to share as much as you'd like obviously challenged by choice but what are your personal connections to the to the queer community and why and you kind of touched upon this but why is it important that you bring that sense of advocacy into your music and into your sets we're both bi and i'm I'm non-binary and so we're very queer (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just like like the last show we played the audience was like really really queer yeah and it was just so nice like it just felt so safe and like 
like everybody positive. yeah like everybody was talking to each other and like we talked to like so many really so cool many people, people and everybody mm-hmm. felt really comfortable like talking to strangers yeah. and like sometimes I think you go to a show and it can be really intimidating and like there's a lot of people that look really scary or like unapproachable and that sucks yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like nice to be able to be so like transparent about our like own identities so that people that are like less comfortable with that they have like yeah. a chance to like interact with other people that like maybe share those identities or like that they know they can safely talk to yeah it's just really important to have like we said spaces for self-expression and comfort yeah do you think that folk music is a good medium for that like would you say folk music is one of those genres that is just better portrayed in live format yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) folk is definitely like I, I feel like at least our music, like, I feel like we sound best live. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you can you can fit a lot of information into a folk song. Yeah. Um, which allows for a lot of, like, time for connection. Mm-hmm. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think that sounded good. Let's go with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're, like, checking for confirmation. <laughs> and, um... Have you gotten any, like, memorable feedback from people that you've performed in front of, like, fans coming up to you and saying, you know, that really helped me feel included or helped me feel more in tune with myself or anything, like, mentioning how we like people crying, like, you know, (laughs) anything really come to mind in terms of the kind of feedback you've gotten from people? We've gotten a lot of really good feedback from Tiny Boxes. Yeah. Um that song is it's really important to us and I think it's important to a lot of other people that hear it too yeah um we've had everybody from like little kids to old old ladies ladies come up to us and be like that tiny boxes song yeah it's killer yeah Um, and that means a lot because that song's super important to us yeah. yeah I was gonna say like can you share a little bit more about that song yeah, yeah, it's actually, like, kind of a great story behind it. <laughs> yeah, we, like, wrote it. I, like, was working as a toll attendant. Uh, oh, no way. <laughs> to get the toll boots, like, the summer after we met. So, like, in 2018. And I was just, like, working, and a car came through, and there was, like, three little girls, like, sitting in the back seat. They were probably, like, seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. And they like were having a blast in the backseat. <laughs> like they were literally like having the best day ever, like laughing and like whatever. And they looked so cute. And like they, I saw them for like t- maybe five seconds, whatever. And then they drove away. And I was like, wow, that was so compelling to me. I don't know why. And I just started like thinking about these lyrics in my head, like thinking back to when I was young mm-hmm. and the world, it was huge. And like just like, I was like really just like riffing off of that idea of like being like a child and like not having any like preconceptions of the world and just like being so excited and happy and like myself and like all these things before like you learn the way that you're supposed to act in like in our society. Um, And so I was like sending it to Raid 
And Raid was also at work. <laughs> I was working for a gourmet popsicle company. Yeah. Oh, wow. Totally different. <laughs> <laughs> at a little cart outside by the river. Yeah. Um, and so then Raid started sending me lyrics back. And we basically just, like, wrote the song while we were both at work. And then, like, when I got home that day, I, like, went and, like, actually, like, put, like, chords to it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was it was born and i was born (laughs) and then we were rehearsing it and i was like yo what if we scream (laughs) (laughs) and by the time we recorded it we weren't even yelling that loud but But now we just like really scream scream. i have (laughs) i have thrown up Three times out oh my of God. tiny boxes because I screamed too hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Not Never on stage. stage. I've always stage. made it. I've always made it to a bathroom. All right. That's good uh, to know. I'm not. I'm not rude. It like would be that. pretty badass. So. It would be. I mean, it'd be pretty. Bold. <laughs> Oh my god! It'd be like the scene in Pitch Perfect where what's her face throws up on the microphone. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never uh, seen Pitch Perfect. I feel like that's like a cardinal wait, really? sin. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a good one. I highly recommend. It was so good. It came at a time too, like, I don't know what year you guys graduated, but I graduated from undergrad in 2019. Mm-hmm. So that movie came out like right before I think I was about to go to college. So it was wow. like pivotal, like pivotal. I was like, yeah. this is, if this is what college is like, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that movie. Not quite. <laughs> I, from what I've heard about the movie, I think that's kind of what going to college at Berkeley looks like. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Right, you're right. It's acapella, though, for us. <laughs> Thank <at least>. God. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy. I'm curious to know, too, because I've been, it hit me as soon as I saw you two when we got on this call. What inspired the shaving your head? <laughs> Maddie went first. I did go first. Like I went, I went crazy over quarantine. Like really early quarantine, like like April twenty twenty or something. I was just like literally like a month, like a month in. I was like nobody's gonna see me. I'm like nobody knows who I am anymore. Like I don't have to see anybody. I never leave my house. I'm just gonna shave my head, and I like shaved it like to the scalp, like to the nub, like to the nub, like like so and it. It was so empowering and I loved it so much that I've never, I like grew it out to a mullet and then I had a mohawk and then I shaved it again. Like mm-hmm. when was that? When you, June? Like, yeah, like a month it was ago. June, yeah. yeah. So I've had short hair for like over a year now and I think it's great. Yeah. And I'll probably just keep doing it. I had a mullet in quarantine. I did that. That's sick. Um, <laughs> and then my hair was a little damaged because I dyed it like 20 times. Um, it just kept fucking, sorry, just kept no, putting stuff on it. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I was, I was like, if I don't do it now, it's not like my hair is going to get any shorter. Like it's True. not going to get easier to shave my head. Yeah. I might as well just do it. And so I did it and <clears throat> I agree with Maddie. It feels super empowering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also so nice because I just wake up. Yeah. And <laughs> my head is fine. Like I never have to worry about a bad hair day because yeah. my hair always yeah. looks the same. It's sick. I used to like 
like half the time like I had like a bob for like a really long time mm-hmm. and like half the time I was like this looks like shit like yeah. this is such a <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it it's just like how your hair is but now every day I look exactly the same and it's yeah, yeah it's pretty hard <laughs> I love that I've heard and it's very did. freeing when you yeah. shave your head and then like we had a show during pride month or something and Maria had just shaved their head and I was like, oh, maybe I should shave my head. And you were like, I'll do it I'll right now. I'll do it now. right now. So and <laughs> 15 minutes before, before the, the show, show started. No <laughs> way. Like, oh. Yeah, we, it was like a Zoom show. And we like got on and we both just had like bald, bald heads. Bald heads. <laughs> it was funny. Like, <laughs> so funny. We like live streamed it. <laughs> like, and we were, wearing, we were wearing matching overalls. And then we went out that night. And it yeah. was us and our shaved heads and our matching overalls. And we got a oh lot of God. weird looks. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> wow. Kudos to the confidence of you two. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you to you again for coming on and doing this. I really appreciate it. Why don't you tell people what can we expect from Sweet Petunia in the future? Like, what do y'all have brewing for us? We mentioned the EP, but are there more shows? Are there more like social media posts? Like what, what do you guys kind of have envisioned for yourselves? Yeah, so we've got a couple of shows coming up. We're playing a show in Concord, New Hampshire towards the end of August. We are also playing in Boston in September, um, opening for a band called Gentle Temper. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be at Aeronaut Austin, um, which is a really sick brewery. And that show is going to be really fun. So everybody should come to that. We've got some other very exciting things brewing yeah. that we can't announce yet. But keep an eye We're making big moves. And yeah. Also, I think we probably can expect to have that EP out by October. October. Mm-hmm. We're going to say October, and hopefully that's true. But definitely in the fall. Definitely, like, late fall. Maybe yeah. in time for spooky season is what we're hoping. Yeah, definitely <laughs> in time for spooky season, hopefully. You two strike me as spooky season people. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're big, we're big fans of Halloween. <laughs> we're spooky. Uh, we watch a lot of horror movies. Yeah. And, um, I like to decorate for Halloween. Yeah. I like to get <laughs> fake cobwebs to mask the real cobwebs. <laughs> mm, amen. Been yeah. there. <laughs> well, thank you guys again. Why don't you let people know where they can find you on social media and your website and things like that? Totally. And listen to your music, obviously. Yeah. Our Instagram is Sweet Between Your Band. That's also our band camp mm-hmm. and our Facebook and our tiktok oh and our tiktok yeah we have tiktok uh our twitter is sweet Sweet. petunia sweet has three e's (laughs) and you can listen to our music on any platform on any platform bandcamp is preferred because you can can buy buy it it. oh i see merch for sale on bandcamp we've got tote bags um t-shirts lighters patches pins stickers a bag yeah a a, a buy pride bag yeah um so bandcamp is really a place to be because you can find (laughs) all our stuff that's awesome yeah great thank you guys again so much i'm gonna try to pronounce your name again i'm sorry if i say it wrong i believe married right Maraid. Maraid. god damn it i really tried it's It's like like parade. parade Oh my god. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, if we led with that, it would have said, all right, Maraid and Maddie yeah. of Sweet Petunia. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's great. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Of course. Well, we could say we're happier than ever. You see what I did there? Because I'm very happy to be here. We're very happy because it's Billie Eilish's second album that brings us here. And it's called Happier Than Ever. That's why we are very, very happy. Happier than ever. And just a moment ago, I learned how much my guest, Andrea, is a fan of Billie. So can you elaborate a little bit on how much you love Billie Eilish? And I've had you on the podcast before. So welcome back. Thanks for having me again, David. This is so fun. Um, Yeah, my name's Andrea. She, her. I have a YouTube channel where I talk a lot about music and I love chatting with David about music. So this is a good opportunity for me to fangirl over Billie Eilish. David, I was late to the train. <laughs> like, I didn't really understand Billy for a while. Mm, same. But I liked her singles, like Bad Guy. I was like, oh, I love this every time I heard it on the radio. But I'd say in the past, like, year, I've became, like, obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. I just really like what she stands for. I think she's a great role model for young girls. Like, I think if I was 12 right now, mm-hmm. she would be my idol, you know? I think that's great for the younger audience. But what really got me was her Apple Music documentary. I watched Mm -hmm. that and I was like, okay, I feel like I understand her more. I understand her like song production writing process with her brother Phineas. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course they've won like a million Grammys and they're like wicked young. Insane. Yeah. She's only 19. She's going to be 20 at the end of this year. Yeah. And you know what? That makes me like root for her a lot. Like, I feel like she's my sister and I'm like, don't mess with her. Do not get in her way. Like she's rising to the top. <laughs> I'm, I'm standing there. Applauding. I was looking um, at her discography earlier today and like almost every single one of her songs has like charted or is multi-platinum. And I was like, this girl is on the way to become like one of the best-selling artists ever. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get into this, but I feel like her songs are very up for interpretation mm-hmm. and I think that is why she's so successful yeah she mentions it a lot in like her interviews too that yeah, like she wants her fans to like yeah like she wants her fans to interpret the songs in their own way and be like their yeah. own meaning mm-hmm, totally and I love that because how you interpret a song is different than I interpret a song when the person listening to this podcast <laughs> interprets the song and it just I don't know it makes the music so much better that way so I really like the way she does that because not every artist can do that yeah and she does it in such a unique way too like talking about how she works with her brother Phineas and like that dream team of the two of them is just insane and for this album she put out like five singles as promotional singles that is, is something I wanted to talk about yeah it's like unheard of nuts <laughs> yeah I guess I'll just get into how I listened to the album. I actually sat down and watched all the lyric videos. Like there's a playlist on her Mm. YouTube channel. And instead of the lyric videos for some songs, I put the actual music video. And I was like halfway through the album. And I was like, oh my God, there's so many music videos. Like I feel like Mm -hmm. artists never do that many. You said there's five. Yeah, she had five lead singles, and I think, yeah, all of them have videos for them. Wow. Yeah, because NDA, 
Uh, but yeah, I think there's five. Yeah, it's NDA, my future, therefore mm. I am, your power, and lost cause. That's a lot of production, but she got the coin. She got. She the has the money. It. She's got the backing. <laughs> and she mentioned in yep. an interview too that I saw that she actually directed NDA. I don't know if you watched that video. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I thought it was, well, what did you think? I thought it was pretty wild. That was one of my notes um, under that song. I'll read you my note. It says, this music video stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because of all the cars? <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh my God. Like, in my head, I, the first time I watched the music video, I couldn't, I, I couldn't even like pay attention to the song. I just kept I was thinking, like, don't hit the pop star. <laughs> don't hit, but she's my younger sister. I protect yeah. her, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, it's kind of like a dance. Like it's very well choreographed. Like I'm sure she's fine. But the whole time I was watching, making sure like they weren't too close to her. And then I was like, Andrea, relax. Like it's professional drivers. But if you haven't seen the NDA music video, watch it and take some deep breaths before. Because (laughs) what'd you think of it? No, I kind of thought it was just so dramatic and very much like anything she does is her. Like anything she does is just her own unique thing. She's so authentic. Yeah, especially with the music videos. And it's like, she with this album in particular was all about being authentic like you just mentioned Mm -hmm. like she said a big component was self-reflection and like a lot of these songs kind of came out from her realizing like she felt something and then like went back and was like oh wait I didn't know I was feeling that and like yes it kind of makes sense too with the whole pandemic like she probably really took advantage of that artistic freedom and just sunk her teeth into these topics and into these feelings which she also said in the past she didn't have because her record label like put a lot of pressure on her Mm -hmm. and that this process of making this album is so much more organic and natural. I think within the Zane Lowe interview, she was talking about how when she goes to therapy, she like processes things. And then throughout the week, she's like, oh, that makes sense. I should write a song about it. Mm -hmm. And I watched that after I'd listened to the album all the way through. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I think the album does a good job of like, each one has its own like message you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and they sound like they belong on the album together Mm -hmm. but if you listen to the meaning they're very different you know Mm -hmm. that was something else she said too yeah she said it's like one of her biggest goals to make it sound like cohesive but also that each song stands out on its own in terms of meaning so I think she understood yeah they understood the assignment (laughs) They understood their own assignment. Yes. <laughs> One of the songs too that like I can't get out of my head and that I just, and I watched the music video for earlier is Your Power, which you're... is one of the other songs that was the lead singles. Yes. yes. Um, what are my notes on Your Power? Because we that came out before the release, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a month or two ago, I think. Yeah. And I think it's just so, I think it's like a moment on the album. Would you agree? It just, then the music video complements this. It just like shuts everything out. Like it really pulls you in. And a lot of the songs on the album too are very, very soft. They're very simple. She kind of wanted to do this thing of recreating like an older aesthetic, like going back to like um, singers from like the forties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I that she that. really, she really did that, especially with your power. And this like the context of the out of the song too, 
is like insane. Like, I feel like she's talking about like somebody in music because she mentioned something about losing your contract. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't, no. I wonder who. And it kind of sounds funny because a lot of the songs on the album sound like they're directed towards like some kind of love interest figure, whoever, like. Billy, send me the address. Yeah, like. (laughs) Like it's, and going back to her being so young, we're like, where is this coming from? You know, like, Mm. it's just, it's a lot of deeper content. Was there a song that you were going to mention specifically? Was it different than your power? I just, I have to, I like. I have to I can't believe this isn't the first thing I've been holding it in my excitement to talk about this so thanks for that segue yes happier than ever yeah that is that is such a good song like yes I was listening to it and you know the songs are the songs the album as a whole are like kind of slower and I was waiting for that like boom moment you know mm, yeah and I was listening to happier than ever and if you've listened to the song you know the beginning is like kind of slow kind of calm mm-hmm. and then it built this huge thing I don't even know I can't even put a finger on it I have to <laughs> listen to it more because we've only lived with it for a couple days but oh my god and the music video have you watched the happier than ever music video I did that also like threw me when it's just like her in the house on the phone and then opens the door and it's like flooding yeah and then she like does the big part like standing on the roof of the house that was flooded mm-hmm. and I'm just like yelling the words with her I'm just like <laughs> yeah like I I feel this with you um yeah I think the songwriting is spectacular I think the production on it is amazing the music video was so good like mm-hmm. very well thought out it did kind of have that like 40s vibe like mm-hmm. she was talking you said she has mentioned that like the yeah. furniture and stuff is like older and oh I need to take a breath I'm just like <laughs> I just love that Exhausting. song so much and when I, I was not watching, wait to talk to you about it when I was watching that video too I just for some reason thought of like this is like an Avril Lavigne moment like somebody who's just like saying it like it is in like a total female like empowerment mm-hmm. fashion and I was like it just reminded me of that. Like, I, you I don't know, know how to describe it. Of, it kind of gives me Brutal Vibes by Olivia Rodrigo. Okay, you know I see. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, we're shouting. We're like getting it out, getting out our emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I just, damn. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that song for the rest of the year. Yeah, that song is <laughs> just awesome. And I think like some of the other songs you kind of follow like a similar fashion where it was like they started out one way and then mm-hmm. they ended kind of different. I can't remember exactly like some other ones, but I really like how she, well, another song I really, really liked right after Happier Than Ever was Male Fantasy. And that was a song that Billy had said, mm-hmm. like pretty much wrote itself. And what I mentioned earlier about her like processing her feelings and like writing something and being like, I didn't even know I felt that. Like, I love that song because it, like, flips the whole script of Mm -hmm. what she's been saying. Like, she's singing everything kind of from her perspective. And then we get to this last song and it's like, well, this is the other perspective. And I just thought it was mind-blowing to end with that. I thought, I I kind of was like, okay, after I heard Happier Than Ever, I listened to the album chronologically. I was like, okay, it should be done. Mm -hmm. Like, what's this male fantasy thing? But I think it was kind of like a nice bonus track. Mm, I could see that. 
in my head, I feel like it, it was kind of like that, but I think it really like stretched her like songwriting skills, mm-hmm. which yeah. I loved to hear. Like, is that like the key to the next chapter? You know how artists sometimes the last song is like a hint to like their next album, you know? Ooh. I would love to see more of that, Billy. Love to see it. Um, yeah, it's definitely a unique song. Mm-hmm. Something else I just picked up on too, I was listening to a, again before we got on, was the concepts of talking about like how fame has impacted her. And yeah, like, I feel like that's what the whole album's about. Yeah, it's definitely like a huge component. And like, Therefore I Am, which was another one of the lead singles that she released, is another song that talks about like critics and haters. And like, she's basically like mocking people that are like, why are you all up in my business? Like, you don't need to know like all this stuff about me. Okay, but that is a really good example of how she writes a song about fame, but little old me from, you know, Massachusetts. <laughs> um can greatly relate to it you know what I mean like you know there's people in my life where I'm just like like I'm me like get out of my way Mm -hmm. you know and like I think everyone like has kind of had a moment like that so to hear Billy also be like yeah like I feel that way too sometimes I'm just like yeah like yeah it creates a great bond over a song Mm -hmm. and I also loved getting older which was the first track on the album and it talked about how like kind of same thing with going through the industry and probably being so young and saying like the stuff I used to do used to be like so fun and now it's like I'm doing it for a job yeah what did she say I do it for like employment yeah that's the line that I was like oh shit like that's some deep stuff like and there's been so many artists too that comment on that like Beyonce was Mm -hmm. one of them and like her album I think like Beyonce she commented on it and like so many artists are like yeah we're just doing this for money but do we still enjoy it yeah it's I mean I don't know what that's really like but your whole life is your brand damn that's gotta be tough but again we all relate to getting older and like our past selves are so like naive and innocent you know so happy and then we grow up a little more and we're like oh shoot (laughs) um and it's interesting to hear her like perspective on fame with all of that because there's also another line I don't it's not in that song where she's like um oh you thought I'd show up alone I like had to bring security or something oh I don't know which one that's in either but But, you know I remember hearing it yeah I'm still really fresh to us we're still learning all the lyrics but yep it's just like oh like she can't go anywhere (laughs) she like bought (laughs) a house like a a secret house that like Mm -hmm. literally no one knows about because that's what you have to do when you're that famous I guess Mm -hmm. like that's the society um I feel like now is a good time for me to bring up my love of not my responsibility oh yeah I was gonna ask about that one too the spoken word one oh my I literally jaw to the floor like (laughs) uh, (laughs) that song blew my mind I was like like, what the hell is this like when I first heard it because it it it's she's not singing she's like mm-hmm. sing speaking yeah. like you said but the message the mm-hmm. message David oh my god like she she really made me think I said in my notes this messed me up three exclamation <laughs> points so good blew Tight my line real <laughs> and I said that last line gave me goosies 
Hmm. When she's like, maybe all of this stuff society makes me feel, how I look, how I act, how I dress, it's not my responsibility. Like, that's on you. I was like, oh my, because the... There's a line in the beginning. I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. This may, this had cultural impact on me, okay? <laughs> I can see. Um, she goes, you have opinions about my opinions. Yes, that's right. I was like, oh my, like, I, like, I have opinions about others' opinions, and that makes me opinionated, but why? Like, mm-hmm. why do we, why do we do that? It's making us think. Oh my, it re- I'm not kidding. It really blew my mind. I need to like really dissect that one because. Oh yeah. It's very, it's funny. Cause when I heard the album, I think for the second time, and this also feeds into the theme of being very philosophical. And I don't know how much of a fan you are of her, or like know her music, but I felt like this was very reminiscent of like a Lana Del Rey album mm. in terms of like those types of concepts. And just also sonically, because it is so much softer. Well, and didn't like, Lana put out a, poetry like a spoken word album I don't know actually she might have I'd have to look that up so this is a Lana vibe I'm not I'm I like Lana I'm not a Mm -hmm. huge fan of her I'm not like obsessed with her or anything I respect her but I see I see that that like parallel between Mm -hmm. her and Billy it is an album that you this album you need to listen to over and over again I was like you can't just listen to it once you need to listen to it as Billy said like in someone's car with good speakers while it's raining and just yeah divulge dissect and digest that's all I could say <laughs> it sounds really different in a car than it sounds on a tv than it sounds in your headphones mm-hmm. I don't know how they do that but Phineas you're onto something <laughs> he's a genius they're both he really geniuses. is a genius yeah they're both wicked smart oh my god I can't wait to see where their careers go me um, too yeah, and then not re- my responsibility leads in to overheated, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's kind of it like does. the intro. Yeah, and they like flow um, together also really well. Like yeah, just because like yeah, I'm overheated about how your issues are not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I, you definitely know for sure she probably did that intentionally. Of course, yeah, yeah. I just I wrote under overheated. My notes say valid. <laughs> Your feelings are valid, Billy. Your feelings are valid. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah. I feel like the more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, wow, that's really about her fame, ain't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I definitely think that's the common thread throughout all of it. And the biggest theme, like we said, through self-reflection that she's really presenting. Which is funny because in that Vivo interview you sent me, mm-hmm. she was like, I don't want anyone I don't want to interpret anyone's um what did she say I don't want to influence anyone's Anyone's interpretation of my song I want them to do it on their own Mm -hmm. but what do you mean Billy tell me what you think I know it's interesting (laughs) because when I was looking up and writing the notes on each of the songs I was like every song kind of has an intention like an Mm -hmm. intentional thing that it's talking about but then when you throw that you're like wait maybe she's right. Maybe like there is another way to interpret it, but that's also the beauty of art is like, you can interpret it a million different ways. Totally. Totally. That's why we love it. Oh yeah. We love it. (laughs) Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on and talking about happier than ever. Uh, I could talk about this 
for hours. So um, everyone go stream it and let us know your thoughts. Yes, definitely stream it anywhere and definitely check out those interviews too. Oh, and if so you get insightful. a chance, and if you get a chance, you have to check out Andrea's YouTube channel. Yes, come on over. Say <laughs> hi. <laughs> well, thanks again, Andrea. I appreciate it. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. Try not to abuse your power. I know you didn't choose to change. And that's the rotated review. Want to join me for the next review? Send in your suggestions to the on podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at the onrotation or Instagram at onrotationpodcast. Make sure you hit that follow button while you're at it. To read this review fully, see my blog, or listen to past episodes, log on to onrotationpodcast.wordpress.com. She was sleeping in your clothes, clothes But now she's got to get to class How dare you And now it's time to take a look at what popped this week in news. baby has been dropped from multiple music festivals because of homophobic statements. In the middle of his set at Rolling Loud Miami, the rapper told fans to put lights up if they didn't have HIV, AIDS, or any other STD. DaBaby later apologized for his remarks, not before being removed from several lineups, the most recent being the Austin City Limits and iHeartRadio Music Festivals. Frank Ocean will headline Coachella 2023. While the festival doesn't normally reveal the headliner this early, organizers want fans to know given the uncertainty of the past year and a half. Ocean was supposed to headline Coachella 2020, which never happened because of the pandemic. Fetty Wap honored his four-year-old daughter Lauren with a touching tribute on social media. The rapper posted a photo of Lauren on Instagram with the caption, I love you to the moon and back forever and ever best friend. He also went live and encouraged followers to post butterflies in the comments section because Lauren loved them so much. The cause of her death is currently unknown. And Rihanna is officially a billionaire, making her the wealthiest female musician in the world and second richest entertainer behind Oprah Winfrey. According to Forbes, the singer's Fenty Beauty brand pushed her personal fortune to $1.7 billion. The magazine also estimates that a majority of Rihanna's fortune is from the brand, of which she owns 50%. That's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics. In the meantime, keep it real, y'all. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.